self-sufficiency. Um, <laughs> when you understand, you know, the, the underlying principles of natural law, they all have to follow the same principles and therefore they're just reflections of the same thing. So it's hard to have a discussion without the other, even though we're trained to think in parts, even when we talk about holistic medicine, typically we're back in the same box. I think we have a lot of things to share and even the science behind how all this stuff works. And that's the part that they leave out of popular books like Think and Grow Rich, you know, they, uh, or The Secret would be a better example, you know, in The Secret, they kind of allude to the power of uh, thought and our own consciousness to create our reality, but then they leave out the real secret. And so that's what we want to talk about here. Yeah. And and, and we do give science, no, no problem. We do give science its due credit. I mean, there have been amazing strides in traditional science relating to uh, consciousness and really how we connect our meat bodies to um, our everlasting kind of conscious um, reality that we know is infinite. Spiritually and historically, um, via you know the the occult and religion and ancient texts and everything, of course, have always strived to understand this uh, via the spirit. And we know through personal experience, uh, it's self-evident when you start to go experience these things through meditation, through martial arts, through um, you know, drugs and other means. However, I will say from my research in the last few years, it seems like science is also catching up. There's a lot of brave people out in the traditional science world that are starting to uh, really delve into how this meat machine we're in functions to connect to source or the field or whatever you want to call it, this this everlasting source of consciousness that we are a part of. And I know, you know, within the last four, five, six, seven years, they've done amazing research with neurons and seeing how there are these protein antenna that come out that are getting a signal from somewhere else. And they're finding that memory, for instance, is not inside us, but is actually in an in another plane and how they're developing new microchips in Silicon Valley that aren't silica based, but are water based that are pulling from this field. So I think a fun thing for us in what we do, we'll be exploring these notions and connecting the more ethereal, connecting the more um, spiritual, if you will, with quote unquote science uh, in a way that often isn't spoken about uh, through our own um, day-to-day activities with what we do in the health world and, and, in, and in athletics and in agriculture and kind of going down these different rabbit holes in a way that hopefully can be entertaining but also help those who engage with us to find you know, deeper meaning and those resources to help them navigate through these perilous times, which they are indeed at this time. Yes, they are. And um, also to understand that the impediments that are being purposely placed in our path, um, it's important to understand them, to know where they come from, so that we don't fall prey to them 
and that we have solutions, but then also see them for what they are. And rather than going into fear, anger, or any other trigger mechanism, when we do find out the truth of what uh, a, a tiny minority of people on this planet are trying to do to the masses of the people, um, understand that they are actually providing resistance uh, for us to dig a little deeper and find out who we really are, what our potential is, what our rightful place, what our divine birthright is. And if we uh, stay, it's a fine line of understanding the truth because it does set you free, but then um, a lot of the truth communities, I think, overstay their welcome a little bit on the bad guys. And that's also exactly where they want us. Uh, you know, it's, it's not a struggle unless we make it that way. And, and I understand it. It gets frustrating when you know we're getting bombarded with all this stuff in the air and, the, you know, the air we breathe and the, and the microwaving and, and all these horrible things. But we do have the potential to be impervious to it all. But it really takes having our A game. And the so-called bad guys are the ones that are providing the resistance. You know, I'm an old jock, so I kind of think, think in uh, very practical terms. And uh, I used to go to the gym a lot, you know, preseason, because I would find equipment that would give me resistance that I could struggle against and grow strong. Well, that's what these people are providing for us out there. I don't think it necessarily has to be the school of hard knocks on this planet, but we have all been complicit in making it that way. So when in fact that's the situation we find in, we all have to own why we're here and not just make the best of it, but use, use it. And uh, to, you know, once and for all, get off the wheel and, and change the overall reality. And we're never going to get there by pointing fingers or, or just uh, uh, being obsessed with, uh, you know, putting people in jail and, and all that kind of stuff. Although it would be gratifying, uh, it's still not going to get us to why we're here in the first place. So, yeah, we want to keep this positive, not that talking truth, even if it uncovers shadows, is negative. I don't believe that. But then, of course, it's about the middle way of uh, really understanding. And this is where the science will come in. You realize that we're neither one of the polarities. And what we're doing is dancing between these polarities. And uh, that's where the struggle becomes uh, you know, apparent as far as all the problems we see in the world. But what we're supposed to be is in the driver's seat. We're, we're the ones right in between controlling the polarities to achieve a balance so that manifestation that requires those electrical polarities in order to manifest things into this existence in the first place uh, so that we're in control of those faculties rather than being on one side or the other. 
And uh, it takes a lot of understanding as far as just the sheer mechanics of what's going on, how we operate those mechanics ourselves knowingly and unknowingly. And um, well, we talk about, you talk about the duality and the polarity and the quote unquote bad guys. But I mean, we, because we are grounded in this, in this density of the, of the duality, we kind of define what's, you know, these are bad, these are good, but really no one's bad or no one's good, right? It's just the duality nature of this density. And so it is up to us to define our lives how we want it. And, and if we allow for, um, because we exist on a mental plane here, that is also affect, affects our spiritual and our emotional plane, um, then those quote unquote bad things can affect us. But if we decide to uh, rearrange our mental plane so that, and through the practice of controlling our emotions and being more in line with our soul and our spirit, then as you say, we're impervious to uh, whatever, the pollutants in the air, the uh, um, negative thought forms that come through mainstream media, if you will, or Hollywood, or, or, or these, these kind of things that we are constantly bombarded with, you know? What do you think about that exactly. kind of concept is that, you know, I, it's easy for us to see certain actors as quote unquote bad, but are they really bad or are they here actually to help us in our growth and almost not in this necessity, but as it is right now, something that we can look at as a positive, even like the, the worst things in the world are a positive in a way in that, in that respect. They just are what they are and you use them for what they are. You don't let them use you. And also not ever accepting that some earthly power has authority over us. It, it's, it's impossible. We are the only ones capable of governing the creative forces within our own life. And the only way that something outside of ourselves can have any effect on our lives is if we let them in and grant them authority. And I'm not just talking about uh, disobedience to government or any, any of that. It's just understanding what's going on on the mental plane and how all manipulation is a, through the mental plane. And um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, there, there's so many ways we could go into this, but what I'd like to do throughout our whole thread is take this from metaphysics, what we used to think of metaphysics into pure physics, because what we considered metaphysics was some of the great minds that went before us, you know, your Rudolf Steiners, your Victor Schaubergers, your Walter Russells, uh, people like that. They uncovered the principles behind metaphysics and so that we can ground those principles in use them and have an expectation for certain results when we do certain things. And it's not just um, praying to some force outside of ourselves, but realizing that we are that force. We are a component of a unified force field, 
but with the unique opportunity to individualize and have our say as far as creativity within our little coordinate in consciousness. And so to um, the, in that coordinate, yeah. that's an, in, that's an interesting concept. The coordinate, cause going back to these, um, these protein uh, antenna on neurons or whatever, they found that um, they're actually completely unique for each uh, individual. So there's none right. repeated. So the idea is that maybe this is the physiology of how uh, these antenna are reaching out to our uh, eternal consciousness. Uh, and maybe I, I was listening to an interesting talk um, recently and they were, I think it was um, Bruce Lipton was talking about how they're saying, well, maybe with reincarnation we'll find that, and this is something he didn't, maybe he hasn't mentioned, but you know how um, there's this kind of, theme of this meme where we look back and we see like pictures from the 1800s and stuff where we'll see like a Keanu Reeves or, or, you know, where the, and the mystics will explain how we reincarnate with the kind of same facial features. Well, it'd be interesting to start a database where we use the facial recognition <laughs> to find these, uh, these reincarnated bodies and then look at the, uh, the antenna here to see if in and get those records on the blockchains and on the central control database. And so, you know, in the future we could validate these concepts so that people that are, aren't so inclined to have the more mystic um, beliefs, but are just only adhering to the materialism of science will actually see, you know, real proof that, Hey, this, this uh, protein antenna, look at this face is the same as this life, a uh, hundred years ago. And what do you know, the same signature on the protein antenna, this body has reincarnated with the same soul or the same spirit. And now we had to have metaphysics really kind of merging with physics and with science in a really exciting and way where science should be going uh, versus where it kind of is stuck now. Exactly. And wave form mechanics will um, explain fully why those uh, predispositions and um, why instincts in animals uh, occur, you know, why a bird can find its way across the planet at a certain time every, every year, uh, why people have same uh, facial characteristics, uh, because those things that we have put in motion in any particular embodiment have to come with us just like an apple tree that dies in the late autumn and comes back with new leaves and fruit in the spring and the summer, the apple's gonna taste pretty similar to the way it did in its last embodiment in the last season. It's gonna look the same. It's because it has the same seed atom. When we're embodied, and again, we'd have to get more into the physics of it, but you just call it a seed atom that actually is in the center of your heart that stimulates the whole embryological unfolding and then will repattern according to everything we have ever put in motion for the totality of all of our embodiments. That's why people that are interested in past life exploration and all that sort of thing, 
it's really nonsensical because everything you need to know about yourself is on your plate right now. You don't have to go back and find out who you were and, you know, that kind of thing. And in fact, it's kind of a waste of time. Everything we have ever been is right now. But it's kind and, of fun, right? I wouldn't mind going back oh, it's, yeah, and it's, seeing it's myself blast, as yeah. like a knight in the Middle <laughs> yeah. Ages or something. It, <laughs> or, it, yeah. it, it can have some pitfalls too, though, because it can be a distraction with what we have to do here and now. And especially when we glamorize ourselves in past lives and, you know, all that kind of business. Uh, yeah. You know, because... Uh, that's an I interesting had, thought. Yeah, you're. that's a really good point. Um, I guess it's all subjective. And, and also the whole conscious relating to the subconscious or the unconscious and how maybe we manipulate, how much does our consciousness manipulate the... Um, you know, those past life experiences based on our current interpretation or, or whatnot. Um, I studied with a lot of masterful people over the years and, you know, about, oh, I'd say 35 years ago or so, I, I went down that road and actually discovered that past life regression, all that sort of thing is, is not only a possibility, but very real and understood how to do it and actually uh, more than dabbled with it for a while. And I uh, came to my own conclusion that not only was it not necessary, but it also could be problematic. And I shut the door on it, not because of any fear of anything, but it just, again, it, it was a real distraction. So, um, yeah, and, and no reason. And, you know, as far as your comments about DNA and everything, there's a reason why certain people on the planet are trying to splice our human genome through the practice of genetic modification, vaccination, all those sorts of things uh, by um, intersecting insects and other animal DNA into our own because those DNA are little antennas and each is programmed to tune into a certain bandwidth. And the human bandwidth has the uh, a much broader capacity and potential to exceed um, into the areas of uh, or beyond the, the bandwidth of those lower animal farms, which of course shows us that we have the opportunity to actually get off the karmic wheel, so to speak, and, uh, and, and enter different levels of experience that other animal farms don't have. But if our DNA now is actually tampered with, which is happening, to all of us right now, uh, some people more than others that are ignorant to uh, how it's being done, so they succumb to even more invasive DNA manipulation than people that know better. Um, there's a reason why certain members of the population right now are not able to think or act rationally and are more, um, you know, just reactive in a to say a lower animalistic way. And, and, and most disturbing, losing empathy uh, for their fellow human. Well, we know that is disturbing because that is w the grand secret for moving forward in the ultimate evolution in that the empathy is coming from the heart. And until we can connect the heart with the mind and 
this is kind of going into the secrets of, of the universe and how to ascertain and manifest our greatest dreams is we must truly believe and with our heart and have the compassion and empathy. This is what the mystics always talk about to be able to affect change in our own life so that we can spread that change across the planet and across the universe. So it does seem like there's some kind of uh, dark forces or something currently and historically for uh, our known history that are always trying to take that away from us and keep us stuck in the mental plane. And it does get a little scary when we talk about these scientific means of um, manipulation, um, the dehumanization that's going on with the transhumanism and these other things. Um, so, exactly. interrupt, but that's a. And then, uh, then we need to ground it in. Um, and, and there's a reason why we're so involved in agriculture, uh, not just uh, for the sustainability of our species to be able to feed ourselves with clean food. And, you know, uh, our, our permaculture guild and, 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 uh, you know, the other groups uh, that we're involved with that are really trying to make this a planetary change and, and an awakening. But we spend the majority of our days outside actually with our hands and our feet in the dirt growing things. And, uh, you know, we live off grid. Uh, the nearest power line is 20 miles away. Uh, there's no cell reception. Um, you know, we do interact with the outer world through satellite internet. But when we're done with that, all the modems go off and, and you know, we're pretty free of the frequencies and all the contaminants. And uh, it's very important that people find some space um, routinely to go out and reground themselves with nature because nature has all the original patterns that are lost when we find ourselves with issues in our health issues financially issues in our relationships it means that we are now allowing overlay patterns to take precedence over the original patterns of nature and remember when we say nature we are nature so we're not aside from nature however we have separated ourselves we can't truly separate ourselves but on the mental plane we've done that so that's a, a, a big message even even if you can't get out of the city if you can just find a city park somewhere just go let you know the sun hit your eyeballs for a little bit and and uh you know take your shoes off and and you know well really i think yeah i think anything i think the greatest cities have those you know those amazing parks for a reason oh, um and i believe back in the day when you know atlantis lemuria or whatever we have these fabled amazing places before their fall and in many ways maybe in antiquity greece rome etc we had amazing cities with flowing gardens and 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 they, because they understood the need to be grounded in nature, even when you're in a more populous urban environment. Um, and there are city planners that try to do this and uh, and integrate nature in that way. But uh, to your point, I mean, yeah, I feel so much work as you know, doing web design and software development and being in front of the computer all day. If I 
wasn't living where I live now out in nature. I would, like I used to when I lived in LA, I was going crazy. Uh, and I really believe it's all the electromagnetic stimulus on top of everything else we're facing. And I feel like most people living in the city just kind of deal with it now. And uh, it's debilitating to your health. And um, just going out and getting your, your hands in the dirt and having maybe a little garden in your backyard or, uh, or if you're living in the heart of a metropolis on your, on your balcony or something, having an herb garden or something you work in uh, and, and going for a walk with your shoes off in the grass, even just if it's uh, back and forth uh, on a little plot of grass in front of your house. Um, anything you can touch to, yeah, get that tactile. Engagement so, with did you see that? Uh, did you see that little video clip about AOC the other day where she's in uh, in her rooftop garden in New York somewhere, and she's, oh my God, it's growing, and I've got tomatoes, and she's going crazy, and everybody was making fun of her. And you know me, I'm apolitical. That you know, politics are a distraction. I'm a political atheist, so I don't get involved in all that. You know, granted, it was probably all a big photo op, and who knows if she even grew this stuff. Uh, but, but you know, actually, it's the one thing I've seen semi-intelligent come out of her, where she was actually excited about seeing something grow. And when you understand, I, I'm surrounded by that all day long. I mean, we have major crops here and, and things going off all the time, but we never cease to marvel at the miracle of you plant a seed and, and just this tremendous thing happens. It is magical. Now, waveform mechanics can explain fully how one little seed will give you a zillion tomatoes or a, a giant redwood tree, uh, no different than a little seed will be the totality of, uh, of anyone's particular embodiments, uh, 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 thousands of embodiments on the planet and, and allow another human to manifest, you know, this time around. Uh, you know, it really is a miracle. And I think we've lost sight of, of those miracles that are right in front of our face all day long. So when I saw AOC and everyone's kind of doing little parodies of her and everything, yeah, she kind of invites, whatever, it's, it's all fun. But uh, I was like, okay, you know, while everyone's making fun of her, I'm like, right on, good for you. You're, you're acknowledging the miracle of life uh, in your little rooftop garden there, and I wish more people would do that. Yeah, I mean, this year, for the first time, um, I mean, we're always working on our summer and spring garden, and I have a winter garden with the greenhouse and all that. But um, a lot of times I'll go and get these organic starts from farmer's markets. And I did a few of that. But for the first time, really, I went all seeds, all really good organic seeds, some that I got myself. And that's what's crazy is that the seeds come from the food you ate that you pick off a tree or you got from a plant source already. It's just the reincarnation of your food. Uh, it, it's a, it is a, a miracle of life and I'm out there. I, in fact, look at me, I, you can tell I've been in the sun for the last two hours, uh, getting, uh, tomatoes in pots and, um, it's just, uh, my kids love to go into the greenhouse and pick, pick, uh, vegetables they normally wouldn't eat out of the refrigerator, but it's some kind of connection with nature where if it's something they've grown themselves, they love eating it. And, uh, it's really quite fascinating 
to be involved with that and also quite daunting to see uh, how certain companies are trying to manipulate and control even that with the GMO seeds and everything. But um, yeah, doing our due diligence to teach uh, my kids and the community with our community garden, the, the magic and power of nature through growing your own food. It's just such a powerful, healthy way to spend your time and something I'd love to do now. And uh, properly grown food is your medicine. You know, I just, uh, before you called us on uh, talking with uh, a client who's uh, showing signs of early dementia and you know, four years ago when I first started practicing, neurological disorders like that were extremely rare. Now they're epidemic. And he's going down the road of, well, should I get some, uh, you know, genetic testing and all this? Because there's a lot of theories as far as why it's going on. And, and I was just simply pointing out that, well, you have a time period where it's rare and now everybody's got it or somewhere in between two getting it. And then, of course, medicine puts a label on it and then tries to figure out by studying after effects, how they got there without just sitting back and saying, Hmm, what's changed between now and then. And, uh, and then, you know, of course it's the ubiquitous presence of neurotoxins that we're all exposed to. And it gets a little more complicated than that when you get into other realms of understanding, but, but that's the basic thing you have to understand. So when you are growing your own food, you're getting proper mineralization. And, uh, you know, when you eat it uh, by produce, say from Whole Foods or something, it, it still has a fraction of the minerals and the proper nutrition you need. And organic food doesn't at all mean it's good food. And in also, fact, as soon as you food, pick it, as soon as you pick it, it starts to die. So the due yeah, to the yeah. way that our modern agriculture is, even if they're getting it from quote yeah. unquote organic farms, yeah. it's two or at least three, four or five days since it's been picked, if you're lucky. Um, I mean, there's nothing like picking something right off a tree or right off the plant, eating it immediately. You feel the, exactly. the life force right there just entering you. Yeah. And organic certification is about growing things free from toxins, and that's where they put all their emphasis and that's important to grow clean food, but uh, they are not understanding proper soil science in order to create nutrient dense food. And when you miss that, which is a hundred percent true of all the stuff you get in these big health food stores these days, um, food that is devoid of proper nutrition, even if it's clean and we can explain this more elaborately at another time, but it actually is toxic for a number of reasons. And just as toxic is, and maybe even more so than some of the toxins that we fear out there. So it's important for us to start growing good food that's nutrient dense so that we get everything we need to heal our bodies. And also it will then fill up those little vacant places in our chemistry that uh, become vulnerable to the neurotoxins, as I was telling the other person I was talking about with the neurogenitive problems, um, it's gonna make people less vulnerable to those toxins uh, that are in fact deteriorating their nervous system and creating ALS, MS, Alzheimer's, early dementia, 
neuropathies, whatever you label you want to put on it, they're all the same exact thing that are affecting people in different ways uh, relative to their predispositions and vulnerabilities. So it all goes back to the soil. Everything begins and ends with, uh, in the soil, including us. That's why we have to start understanding it. But again, people, mankind is unique in that we have the ability, ability to even manipulate the soil and have a say about our entire existence. And the only reason why we aren't doing it is out of ignorance. Can Very I ask? Simple. Yeah, can I ask a question here? Um, so we require nutrient dense food from the soil. I guess I'm already maybe. So why does a lion only require meat in that sense? Um, they're a biological entity on this plane. Does it have to do with the fact that um, maybe they're getting those nutrients from the meat animal that's eating the vegetables? And so are they? Exactly. Yeah. Different biological design, but we could go into some interesting understandings that go much deeper as far as that bandwidth of consciousness that a carnivore occupies relative to humans because everything is a belief system. Now an animal does not have the ability to change their belief system. All they can do is keep repeating patterns. Now, now's not the time, but there was a time on this planet and there's ample evidence that there were no animals, only human consciousness of a very high level, much higher than now. Animals were a later development that were an offshoot of humanity going into some darker places. So animals are actually acting out some of the lower Chakra, Chakra say, um, manifestations of humanity that actually took form at one point. So the allegory yeah. of the gar the allegory of the garden per se, uh, in the Bible and stuff, really plays into this a lot. And I know there's other ancient texts that talk about this concept of where it was um, human consciousness seeding um, these other life forms uh, once we were quote unquote fallen, if you will. Yes, also including genetic manipulation uh, included in the story of the garden as Eve created from Adam's rib. Well, any geneticist knows that the best place to get genetic material for that purpose is from the rib. So I think they're telling us even more than uh, what most people realize there. There's a whole history of this planet that we haven't got a clue about and it would make our present day science fiction pale in comparison, as they say. Of course. So the concept, um, the concept of, uh, I was just going to say on the animal side, there are certain traditions that say we reincarnate as a bee or, or a frog or something. And in my mind, I always thought that was kind of ridiculous. Why would a higher consciousness then choose to go no, back as a no. bee or something? It, yeah. It's the same as if, uh, 
evolution, you know, that we were knuckle draggers and sure. after we, you know, crawled out of the ocean and on our bellies and then, yeah, and then 200,000 years ago, we were fully developed humans and we haven't changed since. So, uh, yeah, really play much into the Darwin's. No, they kind of left a lot of other stuff in between out, including the fact that we've been on this planet in a very high conscious form for millions of years, not tens of thousands and, and all that kind of business. And, you know, going back to nutrition and why animals uh, versus people need different things and how do we drive? Well, you could, you know, just explain that, explain that biologically in, in different digestive systems and, and that sort of thing. But it really takes an understanding that food, like anything else, is a, is a compression of data, you know, and then we experience it with our senses. So we think it's something much different than what it really is. And remember our senses that read that and report us back what's real or not is part of that same compression of data. So it's all part of the same belief system, but it's a, uh, a handy device within the medium that allows us to experience very intensely our own creations. Um, but the, the bandwidth of humanity uh, allows us again to supersede those sensory apparatus that, uh, would normally keep you confined in a particular reality. And of course, that's what all the, the masters of all time have uh, taught us, you know, going back to Plato and, and Buddha and, you know, the allegory of the cave. And, and, you know, they're all telling us the same thing in so many words. And Nazarene told us the same things, greater things ye shall do also. And then, of course, most of those truths became bastardized and manipulated into religions. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's kind of humorous, really, when, you know, we think just of the word religion and, you know, in Latin, it's derived, its derivatives literally mean to re-enlist. So at a certain time when they even came up with the term religion and created the religions, the book religions to control people. Uh, the word itself was a little play on words. You know, they were losing control of certain people who were trying to discover or starting to naturally discover the, their own true potential. And they had to be re-enlisted back into somebody else's control. And religion was the best thing. And they knew that that would have a shelf life that people would start seeing through it, like right about now. And that's why they had to roll out the next level of religion, which we call science, and say, oh, well, yeah, we're no longer just superstitiously following uh, religion. We are now men of science and a people of science and empiricism. And then in turn, if you study all of present day science like I was forced to do at a very high level you know med school and all that kind of garbage um, you realize that what you're learning is so far from true empiricism it's not even funny it's contradictory it's it's ludicrous uh, it does tell you some truths that are half 
truth, truthful, uh, but leaves out the other parts that would allow you to operate on all cylinders. So, I mean, I think I am yeah. positive though. I think we can push forward and merge the, you know, the scientific method with, um, if you want to call it heart consciousness or whatever, um, to get the full spectrum. And this is something Alpha Vedic's all about, right? It's what we try to do. Exactly. Um, exactly. And, and in doing so, we can make massive strides, strides towards um, fixing a lot of the current issues we're facing with health and with society and with all this um, stress and conflict we have, which the ancients have told us was coming. This has all been known. This is all part of the great ages and the great transformation. So we've been uh, streaming for over an hour. I think we uh, probably oh, okay. start to sum this up. I think this has been a great first stream. It started out as a test and it kind of just shows how much we love to talk. And I think um, I've actually was recording this. So um, I think this okay. is something that could go on our YouTube. But uh, so next time I'll either put on a clean t-shirt and my hair or something. Hey, we're just, hey man, we're just living, man. I love that shirt, by the way. I know that shirt. I had one of those. If you want to show uh, the crowd what it says underneath uh, our... Do you want to see the whole thing? Pretty hilarious. This is just a little, uh, just <laughs> a little uh, playful shirt with four of our esteemed leaders on it. We should uh, bring that back as an AV shirt. That's great. We'll have to talk to yeah, Bryden about I, I that. We um, well, that plays all into uh, uh, the mirth and fun of seeing reality as it is. And yeah, I think, you know, one thing we'll talk about a lot is uh, how as we move into this new uh, age of understanding and cooperation, the old guard uh, for the last five, 6,000, 7,000 years where we had a, a patriarch or a matriarch or an authority figure who supposedly knew best and told us what to do because of um, the mass population being ignorant and being held ignorant. That's all ending. And uh, with that is going to come great change and disruption. And they will, of course, keep pushing the fear mentality with that change and disruption but also with that change and disruption will come great um, enlightenment and um, positivity for mankind. So, man, are we blessed to be living right now. That's kind of where I want to leave this off with is we are super stoked to be here on this planet incarnated on, in these meat machines as we speak. And I love, uh, I have two kids and I love talking about this stuff, not so intensely as this, but going into the more kind of manifesting and my my seven year old today brought out his um, his book that he writes what he wants to do for the day, um, his manifestation journal, and uh, he's like, Dad, I, I look what I wrote today, and he has a baseball game later today, and it said, um, I hit a home run today. I'm hitting a home run today. I'm hitting, and he wrote like twenty lines of I'm hitting a home run today. So we'll see if he hits a home run today. Um, but yeah, these are great times. Great times. Yeah, crazy and intense, but I wouldn't miss it for anything in the world. Awesome. Well, hey, great chat. And thanks for everybody. We had a few people jump in and subscribe. We appreciate it. Uh, DLive, we're really happy to be on here. We will post uh, many of these streams on our YouTube channel as well. But we are here to support DLive because we are, not a, we are very much against 
uh, centralized censorship and control. And this all plays into health and into the new reality we're trying to uh, manifest, which is um, letting uh, human beings control their own lives and giving us these technological platforms to do that where we don't have this corporate overlords deciding what is truth and not. So rock on DLive. We're happy to be on here. Thank Okay, thanks, Bear. I appreciate it. And everybody have a wonderful day. Cheers. Yeah.